For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. It's Brian Prudhomme. It's Dave Cook. It is 10.02. Cindy was close this morning to being on time. He's got a little Packer excitement. They got a big one today. We're going to talk about a lot of big ones yeah. today. Prep, college, pro, they're everywhere. Yeah, a lot of big games right now. A lot of important uh, important tilts, shall we say, over the next over the next couple of weeks, right? Even the Wild might have joined that after last night's brawl fest. Absolutely. I think it's basically the theme of January because if you think back to a week ago, we promised this is not a rerun. This is not a syndicated show. But just last Saturday, we were talking about if you want to find fun games at a variation of levels, variation of sports, January is kind of a great month to do that. Yeah, just look. Right. Like if you're looking for something fun, all you got to do is pay attention to what's going on because there's something everywhere. I was going to say, find the right website, find the right calendar, or just stay tuned in to us because we try to talk about as much of it as we possibly can. It's going to be an exciting show today. Hour number two in particular. No disrespect to hour number one because that'll be great as well. But hour number two is about as guest heavy as we can get. And in a good way, Paul Allen, Aubrey Lesty, Vancey Glenn, pretty good trio. Some may not know what they have in common. I may struggle to find out what they have in common, except for they're all going to have winning appearances right here. They will. It's going to be fun. You know, we love having PA here, and and there's all kinds of interesting stories going on with PA, right? Um, my sister saw PA yesterday, um, which was kind of fun. Um, you know, the second one, is, you know, all she does is win, 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 no matter what. Right. And then Vency, who we always love to close a store, close a store with at the end of the day, because you know we can ask pretty Vency pretty much any football related question, and we're going to get an honest answer. Those are always fun. Absolutely. So we will have a lot of fun today. That's why the opening song is so apropos so often because it is good times roll here on the Northland Sports Page. But just to show that we have some emotional balance, the day is going to start with not so great memories, if you will. But I'll tell you what, for this show, six plus years, we've gotten great memories thanks to our sponsors. Absolutely. Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road, in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater right downtown here, and Tavern on the Hill. I went, hey, we've talked about this I ordered before. Tavern last night, by the way. Well, I did brunch on Sunday. Nice. And it was, you know what was nice about it is that there was space. It's such a nice restaurant, and the parking is so is so nice when you went there for brunch. Like, you could spread out a little bit. Like, we were able to have... You know, what we wanted, they have the mimosa flights. I mean, all kinds of fun things. I mean, it's a really cool place to go for brunch. Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, OAR Holdings, Hoop Brewing, Hoops Brewing, both of them, and then Arola Architecture Studio, the original sponsor of our show. You got that out as far as I can tell. You got through it. All the sponsors were listed. Exactly right. So Dave will try to regain his balance verbally. But as I mentioned before, we listed our sponsors. We're going to show some emotional balance today because the vast majority of this show is going to be extremely positive, extremely fun. However, we also like to look back at the days of the week that were ahead of this Saturday. And back on Wednesday, it was the 25th anniversary of Gary Anderson's lone missed kick in the 98-99 season. And I say 98-99 because 
Everybody refers to that as the 98 season, and for good reason. But that game, the NFC title loss to Atlanta at home, was played in 99, mid-January of 99. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a little nuanced there, Brian. But yes, that's that's indeed true, and and that... How you go with a kick, and and I know that now it's a joke, but at that time it wasn't. How do you go with you know a hundred percent accuracy, and then you you miss the one with the money on the table, right? Right, and the fact that you missed from I think thirty eight or thirty nine, yeah. it wasn't fifty plus where you say, well, that's not a gimme, and you know move on. However, I remember in the moment having Gary Anderson as public enemy number one. As the twenty five years now have gone on. I found methods to blame a lot of other people involved in that game because the game wasn't over with that miss. The Vikings just didn't seal it because of that miss. But a lot of others contributed to falling short. But again, a lot of different media outlets, shows on the mothership right here, talked about that game that day in length. Some for their entire show, closed circuit to Dan Barrero. But at the same time, the focus was how brokenhearted were you? And... Judge us accordingly, but I decided to take off on that and say, well, let's talk about heartbreak in general, because there's a lot of it with Minnesota sports. But you and I talked about what was the moment that each team sport by sport broke your heart the most, because we've already done most devastating losses, toughest losses, unthinkable losses, best wins for the positive, what have you. But when you talk about just moments, it doesn't have to be on the field. No, it doesn't. But my buddy Eric called this morning because we had talked a little bit about this. And he said, I have the moment for people our age. And I said, what's that? He goes, the minute they broke up the band when they traded Gary Gaetti. Because that team was special, right? That's the team we grew up watching when they were bad. Right. And then they got a little better and then they won. And then they traded the rat. And it was like, because of, the, because of our age, right. it was like, oh, it's never going to be the same again. Well, I see your point. And there's a lot of validity to it, but there's an easy argument to it as well. Because when they traded Gary Gaetti, they went with the platoon of Scott Leas and Mike Pallirulo, and they won a World Series. Yep, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't But it wasn't all of a sudden bad. No, it wasn't bad. I don't view that as heartbreak. I view that as, that's too bad. It was the breaking up of the band part. It was our twins were no longer our twins. Right. Right. However, if you ask Ken Herbeck, Mr. Lead Guitar Gaetti had changed long before that. Yeah, that's that's a different we didn't have that argument at that time right? all right so where do you want to springboard off of this because again the root of the topic because we're going to talk about most heartbreaking moments sport by sport in minnesota and with a litany of things to talk about like this state brings you this may not go quickly but we need it to somewhat right. we have an afternoon full of stuff right our second hour is loaded but again it was the 25th anniversary of the first the first vikings letdown of probably my lifetime although 87 could be categorized as that as well, but it wasn't a letdown because they were Cinderella to be there. Yep. Do you want to start with the Vikes just because they started this Let's whole thing? Start with the Vikes, absolutely. The, uh, I think the biggest one in the last fifteen years is the phone call that you got that they said turn on KFAN right now, and that was because Teddy Bridgewater's leg exploded. Right. I mean, I think that at, that's it's kind of the same thing. It was a moment of innocence lost. Right, you had this young coach. Well, young in that he was new, uh, not young that he was like a kid. Right, uh, but, he wasn't KOC. Right, I never look at Zim quite the same who, as KOC. Who who had us on the right track? We were playing menacing defense, and now we had his quarterback, and then his quarterback went and stepped in a hole, and it just 
like it took our friend. I, you know, it's so you know, I it like, changed the trajectory of yes. the franchise in a huge way. You know, I like the podcast Fork in Time, right? right. It this would be, really be the Vikings Fork in Time right? most recently. Yes, and how it leads to Kirk Cousins, right? And so it would just and whether Zim would still be the coach because he might be right. It's interesting that you say that because I thought of that this week too. Because we're going to talk to PA at eleven oh five about the conundrum that the Vikings are in right now. What do you do or not do at the quarterback position? And whether you like Kirk Cousins or don't, I think everybody's familiar with how they had to pivot in different directions to get to him. Now, granted, there were bridge, no pun intended, on Teddy Bridgewater. There were bridge quarterbacks in between. There was the Sam Bradford move. He gets hurt. Case Keenum does what he does. But maybe if Teddy Bridgewater continues the ascension and and gets to play and gets to be a viable option, you never make the turn that you're in right now. Good, bad, or indifferent, I think that's one of them. It's interesting for me that you brought up the last 15 years because I did the math and I went, well, wait, 15 years, we're only going back as far as 2009. But I said to you right away, away. 2009 (laughs) was, I don't know how to say this properly, because 2009 at first I want to say was more of a struggle for me than 98, but it wasn't. It was just different. Mm -hmm. It was magic. The difference between the Vikings were the best team in the league in 98 and 90 or in 2009 felt like magic. Like it honestly felt like the Vikings finally had the horseshoe. Um, and then, yeah, that's one of those moments. And the, and the moment is all he's got to do is sit on the ground and we're right. going to win this game. Right. There's only one thing you can't do. And he did that one thing. Now it's interesting because we talked about with this category, we're going to talk about moments and it doesn't have to be wins or losses, but outside of Bridgewater, I feel like the Vikings are the exception. A lot of the heartbreak there isn't necessarily off field ideas. It's it's the team that invented heartbreak in Minnesota yeah. to me because I think I look at two thousand nine and I look at it and again we can play calendar math with this. I think that New Orleans game was technically played in two thousand ten because it was January again. But I think that oh nine ten season was tougher for me because it was going to erase ninety eight. Ninety eight was super difficult. I remember sitting in a college dorm on the verge of tears and had a sports talk show on a campus station, and we always talk about this show being therapeutic. I don't know that I knew it was therapeutic when I was 19, but it kind of was in college, too. Yeah, 100%. You know, the one that that we talked about this week that I think everybody forgets is, again, that 87 team, because they were just in the playoffs, right? right. They weren't expected, and then they go and, and beat New Orleans in a fashion that we weren't expecting. And San Francisco. And then they went and beat the best team in the league and and beat them fairly Joe handily. Montana got benched in that game. Yep, beat them. And that was the Anthony Carter show. Right. And then they went into Washington, a team that was also better than they were. They went punch for punch. In fact, they were at the point to win the Super Bowl. And they went for Anthony well, Carter. Well, to at least tie the game. And they went for Anthony Carter. I told you that for years, and you yep. finally watched and it I this week. I finally saw it from the different Darren angle. Nelson has the drop, but if you look at the different angles, I'm not sure Darren Nelson is the intended receiver. Nope. Darren Nelson may have um, like tried to do too much. I don't right. know how else to say it. It right. he wasn't intended for him. But regardless, he was in the end zone, and he had both hands in the, and his numbers on the football. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that that game, because the Vikings weren't expected to be there, I think the intensity of the 98 loss really minimizes that 87 team. I think you're right. I think that doesn't qualify as heartbreak because you look at the Vikings in 87, the way Packer fans are probably looking at their team today. If they pull one off against a San Francisco team that is markedly better than they are, awesome. If they don't, as much as I hate to give Packer fans excuses, 
they played with house money. Good season. You know, we talk about hitters that are are considered not good defensively, and so they don't get the accolades they should get, even though designated hitters do, and they don't play defense at all, probably because they can't. Um, if Anthony Carter is the guy that makes that catch, how much different do we as Vikings fan and nationally look at Anthony Carter? Right. Well, do you remember the what if that we played for a month with each franchise? Like we talked about, if they would have just gotten it done once, whether it is making the Super Bowl for the first time since the Raiders Super Bowl back in 76, 77, or if it's, you know, God forbid they actually win one, how different is the franchise viewed in general? That's what takes me back to 2009. Now I look at 98 and that was the most fun team I've ever watched. They weren't just beating people. They were bludgeoning people and the offense didn't quit until Denny decided to take a knee, which is a different topic altogether. But I fast forward to 2009, and that was going to erase all of those demons. They were going to get that done. They were going to get it done with Longwell as the kicker and Favre as the quarterback. So the fan base that loves to rub it in your face that you fall short gets to watch their guys help us out. I had a more difficult time. Judge me accordingly, but that was on a Sunday. I took a mental health day at work the following Monday. <laughs> I did not go to work after the New Orleans loss in 09. That's actually pretty awesome. You know, I had a friend of mine who's a Packer fan say once that if the Vikings win that Super Bowl, it doesn't stop because Green Bay now says, well, yeah, you couldn't have won it unless it was our guys. And that would have always been the story. Yes, 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 you did fine. You right. won it. It Thank took one of ours to do Packer it for you. Players. Well, and my retort to that, because this was back when Facebook was just starting out and I was ready to post as such, I understand that vantage point of, sure, you got our stars, and now you're a winner. Welcome to our world. My other thought was, Brett Favre won once in 17 years in Green Bay. If he won once in one year in Minnesota, he would have thought what I've often thought. Why did I waste so much time going to Wisconsin? (laughs) Right. Why did I go to New York again? Well, that too, but I was more or less going to drub Wisconsin with a little bit of salt if I could. The other thing for me that's not a game, because again, the point of this was to get away from it, but we started with the Vikings and you really can't. This is personal. Seeing Chris Carter in a Miami Dolphins jersey at the Metrodome was heartbreaking for me. Yep. What are you doing? I know you didn't want to be here anymore, but why are you still playing? Well, and see, that's there's a lot of players that come back in every sport and you're like, dude, you're done. Right. Like, don't keep playing. The one that people are going to say, which I don't buy, is the Walker trade. Because at that moment... That shouldn't have broke your heart at all. No, that the, was the Vikings the end result. Doing, the end result, Ken. When when people complain about cheap pull ads and not making trades to bring in pitchers, I always bring that up. It's like, you know, the Vikings get lampooned for the Walker trade. Right. But doggone it, they went for it. Well, I know what the easy one truly is. It's when Corey Stringer passed away. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just watching the heartbreak of players that you idolized to a certain extent it's the fact that a young kid died before the prime of his career really got blossomed yeah uh, I agree with that that's it's different because it you didn't get to see what happened after you know right. it was a, a cacophony of mistakes that people don't make anymore right well some old school coaches are still dumb right but um there are that's a line right there right. some old school coaches are still dumb pick a sport but the um you know he changed the way Football is done preseason. Like so many of the rules, so many of the changes, so much of the minimization, so much of the no two days, you know, all that stuff directly relate. So every football player right now benefits from Corey Stringer's um what's the word I want to use? It's not it's not just as it's sacrifice. 
you know, his his death made football, preseason football, so much better for everybody from the fifth grader who's just starting to play all the way through the pros. Absolutely. So again, the opening topic today is a little bit depressing, but the rest of the show is going to be very uplifting. It doesn't get much more uplifting than about 15 minutes from now when Dave Hoops brings his fountain of positivity to the show. But again, Wednesday of this week was the 25th anniversary of the heartbreaking loss to Atlanta in the NFC title game at the Metrodome. So Dave and I, as his prime Prudhomme, Dave Cook, decided to take heartbreak in a more literal or more broad sense of what moments, not just games, in the big four sports franchises in Minnesota truly broke your heart. And we better move because the Vikings could have a full half they hour really to could. themselves. Yep. Where do you want to go from here? The one last thing I want to say on the Vikings, because this stemmed from the game, again, known for Gary missing. And again, I don't blame Gary Anderson entirely the more that I've thought about that game. But the interesting part to me is I even thought about this walking down the hall to come in here today. I feel like that is where the Viking kicker curse truly started because the kicking game just hasn't been right ever since. Yep. Little glimpses, but any clutch kick isn't going in. Oh, I, I 100% agree with that. That changed. the. We were a pretty good kicking team before that. Right. right? And I frankly, loved, we were a pretty good kicking team with Gary Anderson. Right. I loved Fouad. I loved Rich Carlos. You name him. I loved him. But after Gary, you know, name the guys who missed. Everybody's going to talk about Blair in the Seattle game, but Dan Bailey was a hell of a kicker everywhere but here. Yeah, Morton Anderson won that game for Atlanta. Came here and couldn't hit anything over 39. Yep, broad side of the barn. What did they say? Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Right. You know who was a good kicker for this team, just don't put him on a plane, was Donald Igwebuike. Yeah, and and again, Ryan Longwell's, I mean, you can argue that the best kicker in Vikings history is Ryan Longwell. Well, and the most difficult part of that is we never got to find out because if Gary's curse was truly in play, Longwell would have missed, yep. but because we never got there, everybody knows he would have split the upright. Yeah, that would have taken away the debate. All right. All right Speaking we of debates, three left. Where to next? Well, let's go to the Timberwolves because I think there's just a couple. Yeah, there's there's a handful. This well, there's is so much quagmire. This is a lot more a moments because yeah. they haven't played in enough big games. Yeah. You know, again, not to be all morbid, but it's the passing of Flip it, was it, just was just different. Yeah. So that's that's, that's number that's one with one. a bullet. Right. But so let's go to the other ones. How about Sam Cassell pulling up lame? Right. And just saying, oh gosh, Gary Anderson missed another kick. Right. I think the only part of that was it was game one of a series. And I think we knew that this was a bad thing. I don't think we knew how bad. We didn't want to say the series was over because that wasn't a Timberwolves team that depended on one guy, just like this one isn't. Yeah, yeah. And I think we thought, well, we've still got KG, we've still got Spree, Wally, etc. Can we lean on these guys enough? And, and Kobe and Shaq said, that's a cute idea that you think you could. So that's the most difficult I don't know if my heart was broken or not. Kevin Garnett getting traded, I understood the business decision of it. And my heart wasn't broken because, newsflash, I'm also a Celtics fan. So think about where he went. And I thought, mm, that's okay, but I think we've lost the identity of this franchise because it is KG until present day. What I said about Gaetti to start with is also true with the Garnett trade. When they traded Garnett, a little piece of your youth, a little piece of your fandom went along with him. You know, they broke up the band. I know the rest of the band was gone, but the leader of the band has always been there, and now he was gone. But I'm going to bring one up that I think is probably more because of who I really enjoy watching. Right. And it's this Rick, is Ricky it's Rubio. Ricky's knee injury. Yeah. Yep. Because before the knee injury, I mean, after the knee injury, we lampoon him a little bit. Yep. Before the knee injury, it's Ricky a pretty good was ball good. player. Yep. And uh, with him, Adelman, Love, that team would have made big time runs because they were fun right? right they were fast they were airborne but 
passes, the no look passes from side of the court to side of the court because you still had to you still had to kind of honor him as a shooter because he wasn't a two hundred shooter. He was a you know a four hundred shooter from anywhere in the court. Well, four hundred is pretty high, but he wasn't a two hundred shooter. You're right, and so you had to honor him. And so then he would love would just run the court and Ricky'd be looking at Glenn Taylor and throw a lob to him by being behind his back. So, I mean, not to Glenn Taylor, by the way, for those who are listening closely, go ahead. Right. You know, he threw it to love. Yes. 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 Um, Those that injury again, really, you you just watched it and just went, dang it. Well, you mentioned two things in your last little dissertation there. You mentioned injury and you mentioned Rick Adelman. That was the story of his coaching tenure. The team was an infirmary, but there's also the health scares that his wife was having. And I think Rick Adelman, if he's able to stay and truly be focused on coaching, is probably one of the best Timberwolves coaches of all time. Yeah. And, and they we, make big runs. And we don't make. go through some of the ridiculous eras of, you know, Kurt Rambis, Randy Whitman, how many different times. I still die on the sword of Dwayne Casey got a heartbreaking deal for me where he was basically making something out of nothing and got fired with a basketball team. I know we brought up Flip's passing, and that's number one. I remember you talk about it being not the same. The year after the Western Conference Finals run, the team was still good yep. and for the most part still together. Flip got fired partway through that, and that was weird. By his buddy. Right. And then his Who buddy took, took over, over for him. Right. And so that always felt kind of dirty. But, you know, McHale's one of one of us, right? The, the other one that's tough, and we talk about this one all the time, so this is just a mention, is when it was discovered about the Joe Smith deal. Right. And you're like, come on, you're going to break the rules for I was going to say, Smith? that one didn't break your heart as much as it broke your brain because this was a team that was struggling already, and then they tried to, like you said, you know, sidestep a rule or two for a former number one pick, but not for somebody that was you know making headlines as the right. guy in the NBA we broke a bunch of rules for basically a role player, and that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Or a, or a decent, like Harrison Barnes. It reminded a, me of when Juan Rincon got in trouble for steroids in baseball because I went, wait a minute, you're yeah. cheating and you still and suck. You still How is up. this happening? All right, let's bounce. Let's go wild. All right. I want to mention one more quick All right, because I do remember it, it because, I was, because I was working in the news when this happened. It was my first day anchoring sports at KBJR TV back then, and I'm wondering, what am I going to do for a lead story? Well, that morning, Malik Seeley passed away. Yeah. That, and all of a sudden, my lead story was there. Again, not a headline-type player, but it changed your best player yeah, completely. Yeah, it, it did. It messed with Garnett's head for sure. Um, so we should say hi to Tom Hansen because we saw him the other day, speaking of KBR. Yes, my greatest mentor yep. in that industry. And, and we know he listens because he mentioned he listens. So well, hi, Tom. We knew he was listening to the hockey broadcast the other night because there was one time where I went to look at you and Tom was immediately to my right before <laughs> you were. Absolutely. Uh, let's, so let's go. Let's go wild. Let's go wild. All right. So the wild, again, are not unlike the Wolves. They've been much better than the Wolves, but I don't have a ton of heartbreaking games because when they've been dismissed from the playoffs, they've been dismissed. You've got great memories of game sevens, When they've been eliminated, it didn't go that far, except for I think once they lost a game seven to Vegas. And a guy named Fleury, who is now working for them, had a lot to do with that. Injured, by the way. Right. Speaking of injured, those are the two that I look at because I look at Josh Harding, which is different from an injury. This is a condition that ended a career. And when it became apparent that PMB couldn't really play anymore, Mm -hmm. those were two that stuck out for me. Yeah, the PMB one is, uh, I think, very true. 
I think the stanchion is a big one. Yeah. I think that when the puck hit the stanchion and bounced onto Patrick Kane's stick, it was another one of those moments. Hey, where's Gary Anderson? At some point, there's a voodoo doll and they're sticking us again. Right. Um, but the it big, was the way they lost. The only thing that would have been worse is if that was a game seven. And that was it at, eliminated the wild, but it wasn't a game seven and it was at the X. That was the thing. It was at the X. And at that point, when something, when it's something as simple as a, as a puck go wrapping, which it does a million times a game, wrapping around the, the glass and it hits the stanchion onto the puck of the best player on, or onto the stick of the best player on the ice with no one else around him. Um, you know, that was one of those, here we are Minnesota fans, but but really, for me, it the the moment that broke my heart is when they put fifty some odd shots on Jamie Bennington, and we didn't do anything. We couldn't score. We were the so much the better the better hockey team, and that was the team where Parisi and Suter were were playing well. Right? right, that was the team that that should have gone. And when we put all those shots on goal, and granted, people have said. You know, all those shots weren't necessarily good ones, so on and so forth. But we dominated that hockey game. And when we lost anyway, it was like, this is never going to work. Right. So we talk about how many things break people's hearts. And we talk about how they differ depending upon what age you are and what you grew up watching. And for the Vikings, notice we didn't mention any of the four Super Bowl losses because I wasn't around and you were very young by the last one. Where I'm going with this because of what I'm saying with hockey is, how many people are just going to say, well, it broke my heart when the wild had to exist because the North stars never should have been gone. A hundred percent. And I quit watching the sport because of it for, I didn't watch hockey until the wild came back. Like I had no interest in it. They, the NHL screwed me. So why should I care? I'm going to bring up one that's, I mean, I'm only going to bring up one. That's not a professional one. And I'm going to say every Duluth East fan knows which one I'm talking about. The Apple Valley game, the Apple Valley game. Yep. That's, that was one, even as not an East fan, even living in St. Cloud at that time, it was, Oh, come on. Yeah. It was one that's looked back on with a lot of fanfare, and I get it. And it's, you know, as a Duluth East alum, it's it's nice to be part of something that's so historic. It's tough to be on the wrong end of it. So I always tell people, well, let's talk about that 5 nothing game against Jefferson instead. But yeah. then, you know, Mark Parrish and the likes, they don't want to talk about that one either. Let's go to the Twins. Yep, because let's go to the Twins. They've actually won it all. They are on a different island compared to the rest of them. They've broken your heart, but... Not as much. What's your take on that? No, but but when they do it, they do it well, right? So the first one I remember is trading Rod Carew. Trading Rod Carew for a bunch of guys I'd never heard of. How about, um, you know, I know that he had left already, but when you got the message, Lyman Bostock was killed. Yeah. Right? I mean, he had not, he wasn't a twin at that time, but he was, he was a twin until that year, right? And so, and that one was tough. You know, Puckett getting hit in the head. That's um, that's the biggest one. At the time, you didn't think it was a big deal, but then all of a sudden, I mean, I've never seen a press conference where teammates are crying. Kirby's retirement and Kirby with the sunglasses and the giant eye patch. That's just a thought that I can't get out of my head. And then, of course, I was just as heartbroken, even though his career probably would have been over by then. But in fact, I know it would have. But think about when he passed away, because for me, it was just different. I don't have any kids, so it didn't turn out to be as big of a deal as it could have been. But I look at the likes of Killebrew, Oliva, Carew. I didn't see an inning of them in a Twins uniform. I'm not old enough to have done that. But I knew the stories, and I could pick them out of a lineup. I met two of them at least. And it was fun to have that passed down and know how great they were. There's a generation of kids that don't know Kirby at all. Yeah, that, that's very true. Yeah, and, and there will be fairly soon a generation of kids that Randy Moss is just highlights, right? Right. 
but but at least he's on TV. He's here. The um, I would think people my dad's age would have said um, Oliva stepping in a watering hole, right? Blew his knee out and turned him from a no doubter Hall of Famer to a guy that squeezed in, right? Um, but I think see the Twins for me have so many moments where you just take another gut shot. So so trading Johan. Yeah. Like I know they needed two, they were just wallowing, but Johan as a if he'd have stayed as a, a twin his whole life from the Rule Five draft, like he would be he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame. Because unlo- or just like Puckett, you get a little bit of extra bump for I being agree. that guy. Um, the only thing with the Johan trade that I tried to cling to is it wasn't the first big trade involving a left handed pitcher that we'd made with the Mets. Yep. The Viola deal got us a cast of characters that helped win it in ninety one. The naive Brian Prudhomme said, well, maybe these guys can help us put something together. And we got basically nothing out yeah, of that deal. No, we did not. How about this, though? I was thinking about this on the ride down. Uh, the fall ball double. The that Phil Cousin call? Yeah, that was yeah. fair by about nine feet. See, and those are, again, the disappointing moments. And we've covered these in previous shows. That was shows. a heartbreaker because it wasn't the first loss it, to the Yankees. It was, but I didn't go that route because, again, when the Twins have been eliminated from the playoffs, they've been eliminated. They didn't. They didn't get into a winner-take-all game and lose yeah, yeah. basically since 1965. Every elimination game where it's winner-take-all in my life, they've won, except for, you can say, the first game, 163, they lost in Chicago. But when all the money's on the table for whomever wins, the Twins have done well. They're just not in a lot of those. Yeah. And when they've choked in the playoffs, I mean, Heimlich be damned, couldn't help them. They got, they got <laughs> beat. So yeah. it's hard to be heartbroken but when you're getting one, pummeled. But that one was early in that series. And that I think that double it changes set the tone. everything. For sure it did. Yep. And so I think that was – and, you know, you and I were talking on the phone. I was at a Scholastica basketball game, and it was like – You have to use the mic. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, I understand that. It was sad. Yes. Uh, and you got it, choked up for a moment, and folks. And we got, we got the call – you called me and you said you're not you're not gonna even believe this. You need to quick pull it up on the screen, and I did, and it was like, how that Brian? That's fair, and he well, goes, you should have seen it live. And I think you wondered why is Brian calling me to champion something Joe Mauer did? This must be a bad call. Yeah, no, it was it was something. And once again, um, if you want if you want to think a heartbreak because I'm a Hall of Fame fan, the minute we found out Harold Baines was in, it changed the Hall of Fame, and Joe Mauer is going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. I was going to say, that's a good spoiler alert for something that will come up a little bit later in this hour. One more personal one for me. You'll laugh at this, but you gave Tom Hansen a shout-out. We should give Ted Keefe one, too, because we saw him on Thursday night. When Michael Kadire signed with the Rockies, in my head, I never thought he was actually going to leave, even though the financial implications made it seem like he was going to. I was really sad, and Ted Keefe Helped me do retail therapy. He found me a Kadire Rockies jersey for my birthday just weeks after he signed with Colorado, and I, I felt better. Absolutely. That's Ted. Ted's thoughtful. That's exactly. a great gift. And Tom Hansen heard our shout-out. He hurts from the 98 game because he had plane tickets ready to go to Miami and never got to go. Uh, and they would have won that game, Brian. I will say that forever. The Vikings would have won the Super Bowl. Don't tell our next guest because he was a Broncos guy. Dave Hoops is next. We're the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 
We kind of feel like we need to do that. Put a smile on our face after the heartbreak-based first segment. No better guy to help us with that than Mr. Positivity himself, Dave Hoops. He's right around the corner. He is one of our illustrious sponsors. Let's pay homage to them right now, Dave Cook. Well, let's start with uh, Dave Hoops, the uh, owner of Hoops Brewing, uh, where I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about all the stuffy stuff they got going on there. Yes, I hope so, because it's on my agenda to visit tonight. OAR Holdings, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, their locations, Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater right downtown here, Brian, Two Harbors, their location in Proctor and on London Road, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance, and Arola Architecture Studio. Arola Architecture Studio is the OG. He brings you drawing lines each and every week. Drawing lines will close the show again today. That'll be with Vincey Glenn. We'll discuss a little bit of the NFL playoffs with him, and we'll do some pick for the NFL playoffs with Dave Hoops. But first of all, Dave Cook, you want to puff your chest out a little bit? Your picks did very well last week. Mine and Dave Hoops, uh, not so much. Yeah, not too bad, although the one I was most passionate about is the one that I lost. Well, I, I told you, after you think... told Dave Hoops tonight that we're idiots for picking Houston, you got that one wrong, and then you ran the table after that. I, I did, I did. Now, the one I was most proud of, of course, is is Baker beating the Eagles. But the um, I, I still am struggling to figure out how Houston beat Cleveland like a rented drum. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got two words for how. Joe Flacco, he threw to the wrong yeah, team a lot. Right. How many points did Joe Flacco give up by himself? 14, right? Right. About as many as they scored. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and what was the final score? Something to that effect. But before we do pick them, let's say hello to Dave Hoops, Mr. Positivity. Good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, nice first segment. Good stuff. I'm glad you appreciated that because it is kind of the antithesis of you because we discussed so much heartbreak, but you've always been the positive spin. I hate to even ask you this, but I will. Do you have any Minnesota heartbreaking moments that we forgot? Well, I have one that's personal. Um, I spent the entire year back in 1718 talking about my Vikings, who are always going to the Super Bowl, in my mind, playing at home. And, and then Diggs makes the catch, and everybody goes insane, and it just seemed ordained. And then, of course, it didn't happen, and the hated Eagles just trounced us. So that's my big one. Um, and then a family one, real quick. My dad at 87 has never watched another NBA game since the Lakers left. And he was a huge fan in the fifties and all that. And he still talks about it. So Dave mentioned the stars, the Lakers. We don't talk about that much, but in my family, it's a big thing. Yeah. Dave, the crazy thing about that Philadelphia Eagles game is the Vikings came out and rammed the ball right down their throats. And then you really got your hopes up. You're like, this is going to work, right? They had a seven, nothing lead. <laughs> they forced a three and out and we thought, okay, what is this? And then the rest of the game happened. Yeah. And then the rest of the game, happened. but I'll tell you what, I was somewhat thankful that the rest of that game happened in hindsight because the only reason it didn't make the heartbreak list for me is just like 41 donut. When you're not in it, you're not in it. Your heart isn't broken when it got stomped on early, but I still think that's a good take, especially when you consider that they could have hosted their own Super Bowl. That would have been fate at work. Speaking of fate at work, Dave Hoops, are you ready to pick playoff winners again? And I hope you and I do a little better than we did last week. Well, we, we can't do much worse. We'll be fine. That you were pretty close to the same this time. I was going to say, that is pretty factual. So we'll do this again, at least in the order that they're scheduled to be played. I haven't heard as much about weather being a big factor because, of course, that moved a Sunday game to Monday last week. But again, the Texans get it started. Much taller order. Lamar Jackson, instead of Joe Flacco, opposes them. 
Houston, do they have a problem or not, Dave Hoops? They have a problem. Uh, I I want to pick them just because I I want to, but I, I won't. Um, I see the quarterback battle being huge. I think CJ breaks 300 yards, which I don't think has happened this year to the Ravens. Um, I, I worry a lot about officiating, and that's going to go down for all the games. But it hasn't been as great this year. Um, this particular I've been reading up on it a little bit. This particular group is all about calling intentional groundings and some, you know, they're, they're at a high level. Um, so I worry about some call making a major difference, like the KC game, you know, or like the Rams lions game. They, they took turns basically screwing over one franchise or the other. Yeah. hundred percent. So I worry about that, but I, I'm going to pick the Ravens in a, in a really good game. Um, 27, 20. All right, so this scares me a little bit because last week this didn't work very well when Dave Hoops gave his take, and I kind of went, yep, I'm on board with exactly what he said, but let's try it again. Yep, I'm on board with pretty much exactly what he said. If the spread was in play for these picks, I'd probably take Houston because Baltimore is giving them nine and a half. I do think Houston can find a way to keep it closer than that, but I think Baltimore is going to win. I think they're the best coach team left in this playoffs. I think Lamar has got a chip on his shoulder Everybody laughs about CJ and Kirk having the same number of playoff wins with one. Pretty sure Lamar only has one as well. And I think he thinks a run starts today. So I agree with you. However, Dave said something that I hadn't thought about. What if CJ Stroud does carve them up a little bit? Because the one thing I don't think Baltimore can do, as well as most other teams, is play from behind. And so just to be contrarian, I'm going to pick Houston. So he takes the one team that he told us had no business playing this week, well, last only week. Only because Dave planted just that. Just to be if, different. No, if CJ can carve them up, it's a whole different game. So we're going to follow Dave Hoop's instincts and pick against what I, what I think. All right. So speaking of carving teams up, tonight Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers go to San Francisco. Jordan Love absolutely carved up the Dallas Cowboys, which apparently carving up Dallas in the playoffs has become a new tradition. Yeah, and still get Mike McCarthy. Can Jordan Love do it to Brock Purdy's team, the San Francisco 49ers? Two quarterbacks taking center stage that I don't know that too many people are sold on, and they probably should be because both are pretty darn good. This is a tough one for me because it's supposed to be head, not heart. But Dave Hoops, I'll let you go first. Um, really good points there, especially the spread, you know, and the pack was a seven point underdog last week. And so I think the spread goes out the door. Um, I'm really fearful about the possibility of a Lions Packers uh, continued right. <laughs> playoff run while the Vikings sit on the bench. Um, but uh, I, um, I think love is the kind of the, the X factor here and, you know he's been pretty much the best quarterback in the in the league the last month. Um, I think that this proof of the threepeat from the Packers and their fans and their quarterback machine has some truth. Um, Purdy's great, and I'm tired of listening to how underpaid he is and blah blah blah. He, he's a good quarterback on a great team. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to be a really really fun game. I think Reed is going to be a major major factor for them. He's kind of come out of nowhere at least for me, and now he probably is going to be their best receiver. But I really like Aaron Jones. Positivity. That guy makes me look like a curmudgeon. He's he's great. 
Um, I'm still going to pick the Niners because um, I really believe they're the much, much, much better team. I think they're the best team in football right now. Um, and I'm going to call it, let's see here, 34-28 Niners. I love what you did there because you brought up about six or seven different Packer players and, and praised them. Worthy of it, of course, but then you you know twisted the knife and said, I'm still taking the Niners. I'm pretty much with you again. I'm, I'm going to say basically what I said about Houston-Baltimore. If the spread was involved, I'd probably take Green Bay. I think this stays under 10 because the spread right now, as I look at it, is 10. San Francisco giving 10. It's the rest or rust theory. You know, is having the buy a bad thing for Shanahan and company? Or does a good team get that much healthier and get that much better? I think there's going to be a little bit of both. I think Green Bay may start hot because they love themselves right now, no pun intended. They believe in what they're doing. And San Francisco may have to get back on the bike of playing meaningful football again. But I think once they do, San Francisco is the better team, good enough to win tonight. It feels like Dave's trying to set me up to pick Green Bay again. But I am going to go head over heart, <laughs> and I am going to pick San Francisco. I think San Francisco beats the devil out of Green Bay, and I'll tell you 31-17. All right, so moving to Sunday, another NFC North team, this time playing at home. The Lions will host Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is tough for me, Brian. Me too, because in one breath I want to say the Lions don't deserve to be here because of the plethora of missed calls late against Stafford and the Rams. But when you think of all the years of misery and all the times that the Lions have gotten jobbed by officials before, they absolutely deserve some justification in being here, and it's a good football team. The Lions are better than the Bucks. Everybody's waiting for Detroit to Detroit. I don't think it happens this week. I think it's close because I don't think either of these teams are very good at putting another one away, but I think the Lions win a one-score game. Um, I like your take. Uh, you guys are both better. You have better Swami jeans than me because I pick with my heart a lot. But um, I like this game. I feel for uh, the Lions fans who, as opposed to us Vikings fans, you know, we, we're used to winning, just not Super Bowls. So they, they need a win. But um, you got to like the Baker story. You have to, or his commercials at least. Um, but I really think Tampa Bay's defense is going to be the, this will be the factor here. And if they can hold Detroit to what I'm going to predict to be 20 points or less, they win this game. And I'm going to pick them at 21-20. Let's see what happens. All right. I'll tell you what, the NFL would love that game if it comes down to a final possession again. A game that on paper sure looks like it should or could or will. The game of the week to me, despite the vested interest in NFC North teams, is that final one Chiefs at Bills? I was astonished by this stat that has come up a hundred times I'm this pick week. Detroit. I couldn't believe, and I knew you would. That's why we just <laughs> bypassed that one. But I couldn't believe that Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, has never been on the road in the postseason before. It's about to happen tomorrow. This is a great game. I struggled to pick this one, so I'm going to go last. You guys go ahead. Okay. Yeah. This is, of course, the reason for the weekend. This will be really fun. Um, this is the game that the Bills do it. I've been picking them ever since um, my man Herbert just, you know, the whole Chargers thing fell apart. So I like the Bills all the way. I, I think it'll be a really fun game. I think Mahomes makes it even more fun and more interesting. High scoring, 33-30 Bills. I like Mahomes too. I, I've come to the point where I think he's the best quarterback in football right now, but Buffalo has the better team. Like they Josh is fine. Like, Josh is a good quarterback, right? But Mahomes is head and shoulders. 
But the rest of the organization is Bills, and Bills are hot, and it's at home. I'm picking the Bills. I don't feel great about it. Right. Um, but I think Dave's pretty close on the score. I'm going to go 35-31. All right, you guys are better than me because you're putting numbers and scores with it. I can't do that, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I think it's crazy to bet against Mahomes, Kelsey, right? and Reed in the postseason. And and Swift. But I'm going to do it anyway because I'm just going to stick with what I said since the playoffs came out. Now, I know my predictions in August and September were terrible because I had Philadelphia and the Chargers. P.S. That's awful. But when I look at this, I look at a situation where I've said since the playoffs came out that San Francisco is making the Super Bowl, Buffalo is making the Super Bowl, and sorry, Bills fans, you're losing again. So they have to win this one for that to ring true. I'll stick with it. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's really tough when you have the best quarterback to pick against the best quarterback. Right. But I because just because it's ingrained in our heads that that's so important. The rest of the pro- the rest of the program is Buffalo, and and so I'm. Well, and having so never hard. having never been on the road, I just couldn't process that. I wonder how he's going to process not having a crowd with him. All right, so there's a lot of questions about who's going to win football games this weekend. Better questions always come from Dave Cook. We only got time for about one or two today. All right, well, let's start with the one that I'm really interested in asking. So it looks like Bill Belichick is is bound and determined to pl- to coach the Atlanta Falcons, right? So I'm going to finally get your guys' opinion. I don't think I've ever asked this. So the New England Patriots were great for 20 years. Is it Belichick or is it Brady? I'll let Dave Hoops go first. This is fun because I know that we both love Tom Brady, so this will be interesting. Well, this, this is a great question. Um, you know, Belichick is pulling a Mike Randolph here, and he's going to coach, and he's going to get the record. And he's tremendous for those reasons. Uh, Don Shula, more tremendous maybe. But is it Belichick? Yes. Um, but I do think the game has passed him by, and he's going to have to, you know, probably soften up. He's going to have He probably wants to show us how great a coach he is by going down there and winning some fool was talking about how he's going to bring Kirk cousins with him. Um, let's not even go there. It's possible, but go ahead. well, sure it is. But you know, I'm still going to say that the guy wins 80 less games if Brady's not in, in new England. So I, I, I give a slight edge to a, you have to have a franchise, um, amazing quarterback. He'd been the great with the chargers. Maybe he could have done something with Herbert, but I'm going to still give the nod to Brady, even though I do think Belichick is one of the better coaches of our generation. I like Mike Tomlin there. I'll just say that, but mm. there's my answer. Absolutely. That's pretty well said. I think we found out that it was Brady because Brady went and got Bruce Arians a title. I think that answered the question because this question lingered because if Brady would have struggled in Tampa, they would have said, well, it's Belichick by far because Tom Brady athletically doesn't seem all that naturally gifted. But the Tampa Super Bowl kind of squashed that question a little bit. I think the other piece that says it is Brady is, you know, kind of like what Dave Hoops was saying, if Kirk goes wherever Belichick goes and they land together and have success, Belichick is a bit of a guru, a bit of a genius. I, I still think he is. But I think you look at a couple of things. He failed elsewhere. Let's not forget Belichick in Cleveland and what a clown show that was. But the other piece is, like Dave said with the game, passing him by. If he gets a veteran that has a clue what he's doing, he can take him to the next level. He couldn't do it with a rookie. See Mac Jones for your proof. Yeah, I, I just I think that if you guys are right and it's Brady, 
then Atlanta's going to get in a lot of trouble when they spend that kind of money on a coach who needs players. Well, it depends. What else do you bring in? Is but, it Kirk? Is it a veteran of some kind? It needs to be a hard-headed veteran. Kirk's not a hard-headed veteran. All right, do I have time for another one or no? Real quick. All right, all right. So uh, let's see. I've got two that are pretty long. Let's go with one. Um, all right, so it's been cold for a while. Understand that you live in, in Duluth, Minnesota, Dave, so you can't say never. Uh, how long is it too long for you guys when it's cold like this, when it's super cold? When are you, like, done with it? <laughs> never. No. Um, you know, this winter I'm, I'm hanging in there pretty good because we've had such an easy winter. You guys, everybody agree. would agree. Yeah. And, yeah, we're going to have half the snow at best, and that's a, that's a safe prediction, even if it, you know, we get heavy April snow. Um, but I think um, I'm always cold these days, always cold. Uh, I get in the sauna nearly every day just to warm up. I think about five days is my answer. And in general, um, I really hate it, but it's just a state of mind. I've lived here for 24 years. I'm not going to whine about it. We choose to live here. So it's as long as it gives us. Yeah, that's an even better answer. I All guess. right. So that's a good answer. I guess I was confused as to what type of answer you were looking for because Dave mentioned five days. I didn't know if you meant stretches or at what point in the calendar are you done with this? Because for me, I didn't think of how long necessarily as in you know a week straight of sub-zero temperatures. I thought about... I'm so busy during the winter season, but everything that I do is indoors that it's actually good because I don't always notice the winter weather. I'm too busy. The minute that's done, when state hockey's finished, I turn my attention to opening day for baseball. I have been to plenty of opening days for baseball that have either been postponed by a day due to weather or not very fun to be at in terms of being outdoors. Mm -hmm. So by mid to late March and certainly early April, I am done with it, but Dave mentioned April snow. Prince saying sometimes it snows in April. Great song. Yeah, very good answers, gentlemen. I have more, but I think we're out of time. We are just about out of time. Dave Hoops is the sports brewer. We forgot to talk about the brewery part. Please tell us what the goods are at Hoops right now. Well, let's talk sports for just a minute. You know, this is going to be a great weekend, and, of course, all our Packer fan friends will be there tonight. And um, so we, you know, as we go into the Super Bowl, you know, every single day it's NHL, it's NBA, it's college basketball, it's the Australian Open. It's yes. awesome. You know, and, and, and full time around there. And of course, Peach and Pear coming back, Brian. Brand new batch of Porter, brand new batch of Pilsner, brand new batch of Fancy Lager. Really good name. And a whole bunch of really, really nice, warm, kind of convivial, community based events. And we are giving two for one all month on all our NA beers. So come on down, Mr. and Miss Dry January. Absolutely good stuff. I'm glad you mentioned the Aussie Open because I thought about texting you at least once or twice this week about 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm watching tennis because I thought, I think I know one other guy that's probably watching too. It's fun, isn't it? Absolutely. And all three of my favorites are still in it out of 16 men, which is really cool. There you go. The worldly Dave Oops. We love doing this each and every week. Let's talk to you next Saturday. Oh, thanks, guys. Have a really, really good rest of your day. Thanks, Dave. You too. Thank you, sir. You as well. That's our guy, Dave Hoops. We started with heartbreak. Who can cure that? Dave Hoops, without a doubt. We play buy or sell next. Stick around. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to tell you about a good buy here in just a moment as we play buy or sell here on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, and we are going to hustle because less than 10 minutes, we're going to hear from PA. Interested to see how he's doing today because he had a busy yesterday. We'll talk more about that. He's worldly traveled as well. Buy or sell goes like this. I'm going to give a statement for the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and the NFL. If Dave agrees with that statement, he's going to say buy and tell me why. If he disagrees, he's going to say sell and tell me why. And as always, we hope each and every week he goes by league and not the team. Where would you like to start today? Let's start with the NHL. All right. So the NHL goes with the now injured Marc-Andre Fleury. Had a bit of a milestone week. Moved into second place for all-time goaltender wins. Buy or sell that when you think of the best goalies in the game, the flower is in your top two. Uh, Forever or this year? No, he's not in my top two. He's just not. It's it's Hasek and it's raw, wah, or it's Dryden. And I mean, I think that I mean Flowers probably in the top ten. He just, I mean, he's so he's been right. so great and then awful. Like he's not a. I don't know if he's ever been awful, but I but I agree with your synopsis because to me it's part of further indication that the game has changed a little bit. Now people can say, well, how has it changed? Either you still win the game or you lose. We understand it, but it's just different because. I look at it like I look at passing yardage for quarterbacks and you look at some of the players that are up there and they're way ahead of the icons where when I think of iconic goaltenders now, if you said this year, yes, he would certainly be the iconic player in the nets for basically anybody in the NHL because of longevity. But you mentioned, you know, Dryden, Cujo, Osik, Ed Belfort. There's, there's lots of dominant goalies and you don't, I just said that. I'm Brian. I'm actually talking on a microphone. I don't know if you heard any of it, but yeah, it's just flower doesn't come up and I wonder why. Yeah, I I do. I honestly think it's, he had rough years like, and so he's sometimes spectacular and because he's spectacular, we see him, but sometimes like, yeah. And so, I mean, he's played with great teams and he's part of those great teams. I'm not taking that away, but he's just never been the guy except maybe in Vegas. Right. All right, one down, three to go. What league is next? Let's go to the National Basketball Association. All right, so the NBA, it's been a weird week because all of a sudden, because of a national TV game, the nation is starting to notice how good the Minnesota Timberwolves are. The trade deadline is approaching. If you're the Timberwolves, like many contenders tend to do, buy or sell that you're adding a piece somewhere. Well, you've, you've got a pretty good top seven. Right. So are you going to be able to trade player eight all the way down through for somebody? Yeah, sure. But I, I don't trade like nah, right, to get Tyus back. I think Tyus is a great fit, right? right. Um, well, they do need a backup point guard in a huge way. Shake Milton's been a disaster. But what's the disaster known as Shake Milton going to get you? You know, that's the – I mean, that's this is not a fantasy league uh, trade. Well, and the other piece is because of a trade they already made, they really can't throw draft capital for a player at somebody. Uh, oh, great. And are you gonna are you gonna deal the kid they drafted last year that everybody thinks is gonna be great? The the power forward, the Miller sure. kid. Yes, I'm not gonna even pretend I remember who the name is. I got you. But I mean, if you if you think you can trade Wendell Moore Jr. straight up for Tyus, you're wrong. Right. right. And so I would love to have a backup point guard who is super trustworthy. 
but I, I just don't think you can sell, you know, 15 pieces of garbage for one good. And I, and I say they're, I mean, they're not garbage, but you know what I mean? 15 players who aren't starters for one guy. That's not how it works. here. Right. I think you're right. I think you do need a trade partner. You need a trade that makes sense for two parties. I'm going to buy that they need to. I'm going to sell that they do because of what we just said. You have to be able to give something to get something. They need one so they don't have to play load management with Mike Conley for the next month and a half or beyond. And Jordan McLaughlin just isn't getting it done as a backup point guard. But I think they're rolling with what they've got. He doesn't fit the mold of a backup point guard, but they're basically using slow-mo Kyle Anderson as one. And it seems to be working. And speaking of seems to be working, I don't want to upset the apple cart here. I feel like the chemistry of the Timberwolves is one of the best things about them. If you subtract somebody from that room, no matter how vital they are on the floor, something gets different. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. For the uh, there's right something now. to that. I'll tell you that. Let's go to Major League Baseball. All right. One more footnote. What they needed was a healthy, mentally Ricky Rubio. This would have been the perfect time been. to bring him back. Absolutely, It would have been the perfect time. So you're going Major League Baseball. Yes. All right. So I feel bad that I have to make this into a quick response, but Joe Maurer is going to become a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I know you and I aren't necessarily against that, but we're a little bit in disbelief of it. It doesn't register as correct in our minds. So buy or sell that when that happens, you'll have lost faith. Lost faith. Hopefully you don't lose face. You're beautiful. But you've lost faith in the Hall of Fame selection process. Nah, Harold Baines did that for me. Um, but I will say this. Um, Joe Maurer, the catcher, is a first ballot Hall of Fame. Correct. Joe Maurer, the first baseman, is not even like a starting first baseman. Those people that want to break off that defensive or the the first baseman for seven years off his entirety, they're I'm sorry. That guy they're is jaded. the guy. Yep. Like and 40% so forty percent of his career was a mediocre first baseman. Right. And so does that make him not a Hall of Famer? No. But it sure as heck should make him not a first baseman. I was gonna say that Todd Helton gets dinged because he played in Colorado. Right. His numbers are top ten in so many different areas. This is his ninth time. Right. Like Joe Maurer was a great all-time catcher, but he didn't catch all his whole career. I'm sorry. Yep. He's 921 games, 920 games in one pitch. If Ivan Rodriguez isn't a first ballot, then how in the world is? And and tell me who you'd rather have. Right. Would you well, take Molina? It does take the shine off the first ballot's yes. title for sure. But I didn't lose faith in the process because of this. Joe Maurer wasn't one of the best at his position for a time, and that's what it takes to get in the Hall of Fame. He wasn't one of the best. He rewrote the standards yeah, for a catcher offensively. The best. He was the best for long enough, apparently. But I also think it's an indictment on steroid guys continuing to go nowhere on ballots. If if Joe Maurer would, have, would instead of got concussioned, would have passed, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. But that didn't happen. All right, so NFL, because we got to move quick, and this is a poor question to try to move quick with, but I'm going to go with this. Buy or sell that in today's NFL, as Bill Belichick continues to search for a job and Jim Harbaugh continues to be rumored for jobs, buy or sell in today's NFL that you'd rather have Bill Belichick than Jim Harbaugh? Sell. Give me... Give me Harbaugh because okay, why? I, I want to win right away, and I've seen what Belichick's done the last two years, and his team was a disaster, and he made really weird decisions like putting Patricia in charge of the offense. I just think that I would take the swing on Harbaugh. All right, I'll buy just to be different because, honestly, I agree with a lot of what you just said, but I'm going to go with somebody who's won at the pro level before, 
and not been forced out. Jim Harbaugh was at the pro level before and did all right. Yeah, he went to a playoff. Or but did he people, take him to he the went Super to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes, but he but he continues to be questioned about why do we want you here? Yes, I think the real question is what level of cheating do you want? Because because <laughs> you've got you've some got level you've got some level at least rumored with each one. But again, I think both of them have this in common. It depends on the special type of supporting cast. Bill Belichick needs a certain kind. I'd argue that Jim Harbaugh does too. Right, and and the thing is, it takes it takes a GM position out because a GM there is just going to be a guy who signs contracts, not actually makes decisions. All right, so how about this? Buy or sell that you'd like me to call PA as quickly as possible? Yep, let's call him. All right, that's a buy. That's hour one for the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.